from ABC News Radio, KMET 1490 in Southern California. This is Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with your host, Tyler Jorgensen. Welcome out to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio here on ABC News and podcasts and iTunes and all those places, wherever you're listening. I want to welcome a special guest today, Dana Derricks. Uh, if you have not heard of Dana, you're living under a goatless rock. Uh, so welcome out to the show, Dana. What is the one thing everyone needs to know about you? Um, well, thank you for having me, man. I'm super excited to be here. I think the one thing that everybody should know about me is that I have a very big passion for a very special animal, and that is um, a goat. So I have goats of my own, very passionate about them. would love to spread the love of goats to you all today. Awesome. Now, outside of goats, you're a uh, high-level implementing marketer, right? You get stuff done. You don't just talk. What? Let's go back to like the beginnings. Did you grow up in like an entrepreneurial world? Did you? Were you born an entrepreneur, or uh, when did you start realizing that marketing and entrepreneurship were in your blood? Um, so, <laughs> I love that question. I, so I grew up on a dairy farm. Um, my, I'm a 12th generation farmer, which is like as far oh, back yeah. as you can even trace it, right? Yeah, that's like Adam, so, and then you're you're the, yeah. <laughs> like Adam. He's like he was a farmer, and then <laughs> he had a kid. So. Um, yeah, so I grew up like um, doing farm chores and stuff. And to be honest, like as a kid, like as you can imagine, like throwing hay bales around, like because farms are not the way they are. Like it wasn't like they are now where you have big machines to do everything. Like you had to throw hay bales. And like I can remember as a kid how much I hated that. And I just thought to myself, like, all right, I can make 40 bucks pitching hay for the next six hours, or I can like go on the internet and figure out how, like, I heard of people were making money on the internet. So I'm like, dude, I got to figure out a better way than this, like pitching hay. So I, I started to, and then I just kind of like got lost in it. And just this obsessive like thought of like being able to make money on the internet kind of took, took over. <laughs> yeah. I, I often say there is a very fine line between lazy and efficient. And I think that sometimes that, that same line is what leads us to innovation, right? Like I don't want to pitch hay every day for 40 bucks. Like, what can I do differently? And some people could say, man, this kid's lazy, but you're innovating and creating and growing and, and just working your brain instead of your fingers. So, Dang, what, uh, you. what, yeah, what was your first thing? Like, what did you do first? So, um, my uncle, I was like young too, like, I was like 10 year old kid. So, my uncle was a big eBay seller. This is eBay was pretty big uh, at the time or getting big. And so, he started showing me the ropes of it. I think, I don't know. I was just curious. So then I started listing stuff on eBay um, and helping him sell more stuff. And then I got like really into it. So then I got into like selling car, baseball cars, going to garage sales, selling stuff. Um, so it was eBay for me. And then eBay turned into like, I was then like building computers and selling computers on eBay. And then it got into um, Craigslist and I was buying cars and flipping cars and it just kept up in the ante. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. <laughs> So those are all awesome, but those are uh, very much like finding ways to get creative and make money online. And I, I have a real similar journey in just figuring out things to kind of flip, but it's hard to scale those things and turn systems around those things and, and a brand around those things. What, uh, how did you like leverage that into something that was kind of your first thing where you realized, man, this isn't just making quick money. This is more of a business. Um, so when I, so a big part of me, for those that know me, like, um, I played football as a kid growing up because I grew up in a tiny town. We had nothing better to do, play football. <laughs> so um, 
my first actual like product and brand that I created was, um, I, you can't make this stuff up, man. So, um, I, if you're familiar with like horses and cattle and stuff, there's this product. I wish I would have had some on me, but it's called cattle wrap. Uh-huh. And what happens is when you shave their hooves or like they have a, like a, a ankle or hoof infection or something or a sore, you'll wrap it. It's like this, um, it, it's kind of like latex sort of, and you'll wrap their hoof with it and it comes in all sorts of different colors. And now I was a football player forever. And, um, right. Um, <laughs> you might see where I'm going here. Yep. So like cleats, the cleats that we wear when we play football or soccer or whatever, they get beat up and they get destroyed and they just, it's expensive. They're expensive. And like, they get just by the end of the year, they're shot. Right. And I'm like thinking, huh, there's gotta be a product. Like there's a product for that. And there is, it's called spatting tape. Now what spatting tape is though, is it's, um, essentially like you, you, you're probably familiar with, with like athletic tape, yep. right? It's like stiff stuff that you would tape your wrist or whatever yep. with. Yeah. And so essentially spatting tape, the stuff to cover and protect your cleats and stuff was that stiff athletic style tape. And it only came in one color and that was black. So it was like, wow, I don't need to tape my ankles. I just want to protect my cleats. And then I'm like, huh, I've got this cattle wrap that comes in a dozen different colors and it's stretchy. So it doesn't restrict my ankles and it'll cover my cleats just the same. So then boom. And then entrepreneurial Dana goes on GoDaddy and finds out that the domain name spattingtape.com is ding, ding, ding available. Wow. So he buys it. Yeah. And I started my first e-com business by literally, I, I would go to Fleet Farm, buy the cattle wrap. Like as I would clear out the shelf. I'd buy it for two bucks a roll and then I'd sell it for 12 bucks a roll. And um, it got to the point where I had to find the supplier and they're out of Iowa and I had to call them and I had to like, cause, cause I called so much, they started questioning me and I, I had to tell them I was a vet. wanted to stop selling it to me but um yeah that's funny (laughs) so you know I love that kind of story like what so were you in high school during this time yeah totally like I had all the kids on our team all like half the other other teams were like buying it yeah yeah and then um so you solved I mean you literally saw a problem that was like in your world and uh but then you didn't just solve it for you you saw the entrepreneurial opportunity in it you know, as a high schooler, what kind of, what kind of money was that making? Um, so in high, I mean, I would probably make like maybe a, a couple grand a, a month, something yeah. like that for me was a huge. Yeah. A high schooler making like the U S average income. That's not, yeah, that's all <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You're crushing it. You got money to go to prom. You got money to do whatever you want. Right. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. What, uh, so, um, Where'd you go from there? Like, did you just keep doing that and keep scaling that up? Do you still have that or do you move on? So funny story. Yeah. So, um, I got into college and I start, had to like start really focusing cause I, got, I ended up getting a football scholarship. That's how like serious I was. Okay. And, um, so I was running it. What's that? Where'd you play? I went, uh, I started my career up at, um, division two school in Minnesota, university of Minnesota, Crookston. Okay. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I started, I, I was selling this stuff out of my dorm room. And I remember, um, I don't know if they do this anymore, but they, they didn't want to pair the football players together because it was like a dangerous combination, like a lethal. So we get paired with just random students that aren't athletes. Right. So I remember this poor kid, man, our room, our dorm room was so full of boxes and supplies and stuff. And it got really out of control. And I think he ended up turning me in 
because like the RAs came down and she said, you gotta, like, you can't live here, man, if you're doing this. So I had to like shut it down and I ended up selling it. Um, so that was the first business I ever sold. And, um, yeah, so I sold it to focus on school and football and stuff. And then kind of funny, a couple of years ago, I wanted to just check in on it to see what was going on. And the guy that bought it apparently abandoned it. And so I, I got the domain name back. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? (laughs) I love that kind of stuff because it's like, you know, and now, you know, so much more, I mean, and you understood like you could leverage the crap out of that and not have to be uh, shipping it out of your dorm room anymore. So that's right. awesome. I should probably outsource that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably have somebody doing that. What, uh, so I know, like, I don't know you really well, which I, which is why I'm grateful that you're here and appreciate you coming on the show. I know we have a lot of mutual friends. Um, what, uh, like, what are your big passions now? Like, I know you've written a ton of books. Um, what are your big projects and like, what do you do now? Um, so I'm really, really passionate about something right now. Um, that is like, was the missing piece to my business, even though I did well, like I, I didn't do start doing really, really well until a couple of years ago. Um, when I got really intentional about this and it's called the dream 100. So I know you're familiar with that, but, um, for anybody that's not, I, I would say, um, check out Chet Holmes's book. It's called the ultimate sales machine. Got a copy somewhere, but it's in a me- it's messy. <laughs> but um, anyway, basically, um, the gist of it is, uh, Chet was uh, um, he worked for an ad, uh, a magazine. He's he was in charge of selling advertising, and magazine was like in last place. They were not doing well, so he just wrote down a list of his dream one hundred clients he'd want to sell ads to. Relentlessly p- pursued them for two years and took them from last to like top three. It was a huge, amazing thing. So that's what I've been like taking his, what he invented and just going really deep on it and helping others do the same. And it's like blown everything up. One thing I've, I've been fascinated with the dream 100 is when I'm working on it or when I'm helping a client work on it, one of the things I've realized is if they can't define their dream 100, they're probably not clear on their business. And it's this weird, like exercise of realizing, Oh, I don't even know who I'm going after, or I don't know who, who my, who has my audience. Right. Are you, uh, are you, do you believe kind of like there's two dream 100s, like there's a dream 100 customers and then like the dream 100, like influencers, do you kind of see that two sides or yeah, totally. Yep. hundred percent. So that, that, and some people will use both at once. Like me personally, I use both at once. So we call it one-to-one. So uh-huh. that's it, like the chat home style. If you're going to go after your end client, that's, that's your one-to-one versus one-to-many. This is kind of your Russell Brunson style. Go after your yeah. people that want to, that you want to promote your stuff. So I use both, um, but you can certainly might only use one or the other. And I think a lot of that depends on the type of business, right? If you're, if you're, if you're in a high ticket service business where a single client has massive uh, value, like, but Russell selling click funnels, right? He's got to reach people that can reach others because him getting one more account, you won't even notice it. <laughs> but uh, so you're using the dream 100 and I'm, I'm super stoked about that. My book hasn't shown up yet. I don't think unless I just, uh, but I've ordered it. So I've ordered it. Where can other people learn about it? Um, so I do have a copy of, I wish I could just teleport this to you somehow, <laughs> but here it is. Dream 100 book. Um, I wrote it. Russell wrote the forward to it. It's unbelievable. But, um, yeah, so, and it's uh, super if, cheap, right. <laughs> yeah. It's only two grand a copy. So <laughs> by the way, yeah, I sell books for more than more most people do, but it's worth it because if you think about like, your dream 100, like, let's say that you're going to go one-to-one approach, right? Let's say that you, I don't know, have a, a service or a product that's worth, I don't know, 
a grand or even over time, maybe five, 10 grand. Sure. Like just landing one person is like worth way more than the two grand or yeah. um, one to many. Holy crap. Like what's a, a potential influencer dream hunter affiliate worth tens of thousands, if not hundreds or millions over time. Right. So even at two grand, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, uh, I was just talking with a friend who um, told me about one of her clients. They do really high end silk screen limited edition prints for like uh, posters for, you know, Rolling Stones or Blink 182, right? They do these really high end posters. Anyways, they had an artist who had been like struggling and he got picked up by one group to do one poster. But when they published that, that one poster that that guy did, his entire business took off. Because now all of the, those that group's fans became fans of his through extension. And he's been like busy ever since, right? And so that concept of, of one to many, the right one is is so huge. And yet I agree, like, you know, Russell included as the la, the la, the, uh, the lost chapter in yep. .com secrets. And I think uh, a lot, it, I just think it's like the big missing piece for a lot of people. So you said it was the missing piece for you. What business were you working on where when you just first plugged that in, you saw the results? Yeah. So um, what most people find too is when they get like start figuring out what the Dream 100 is, they've been doing it without knowing. And, and they think back and holy crap, like that's what really worked. Like right. I need to do more of that. And it's like, where's this been all my life? And I'm like, I know, like me too. So um, the moment that it was like the aha for me where it's like, I need to write a book on this because it's so good was um, I was working as a freelance copywriter. So I was doing project writing projects for clients and I started getting really burnt out from it. Um, Cause I was just trading time for dollars and stuff. Yeah. And, um, so I wanted to package what I was doing into a, a more scalable sort of um, deliverable. So I, I took what I was delivering and put it into a book instead of me doing it. I was going to teach them how to do it. Um, and anyway, so I, I wanted to sell it with a webinar. So I, I create this webinar and um, I get all excited because I finished the webinar and then I go and grab some Facebook traffic and right. um, run ads to it. And then I go and do the webinar and I'm excited and then it tanks. Oh, no sales. Yeah. Right. It's horrible. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, I got to try this again. And um, so I went twice as hard. Um, I bought twice as many ads and I got twice as many people on and I ran it again. I'm all excited. And then bam, it tanks again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, like, I was like, I'm not going to lie. Like I was pretty upset. Like I thought like at, for a second there, I'm like, dude, Ru this Russell guy is full of crap. Like this doesn't work. Like, well, this is the point where most people would stop actually after the first, yeah. one. after the first one, they'd be like, God, webinars aren't, webinars aren't good. Facebook traffic's horrible. Right. Yep. It's so okay. Exactly. But you this obviously awesome. did it. You did two, two rounds and then. <laughs> what I'm too stubborn. Yeah. The farmer in me wouldn't let me quit. So I, I knew though I had to change something. Like Einstein would be thinking I'm insane if I kept trying the same thing. So right. I changed one thing. I'm like, huh, I've got a guy in my network that I know has a list of people that would be interested in this. Right. So right. I'm like, and he's got a pretty big following. Uh, so I'm like, Hey man, I hear him on, I get him on the phone or whatever. And I'm like, Hey man, I got this awesome webinar. Like you want to convert it or you want to promote it. And uh, he's like, sure. I'm like, Oh crap. He said, yes, this is, well, we're going to have to do this now. Yep. So anyway, fast forward, um, we do the webinar and he brings a lot of traffic and the beauty is I didn't have to pay for the traffic, but, um, we ended up doing six figures on that webinar. And the amazing thing, it was the same exact webinar. 
Just the, I didn't change anything. Just the source of the content. Like, so exactly. the, pre-fra- the pre-frame that the people came into, yep. totally different. Wow. Because, yeah, because it's like, think of any anybody that you you know, like, and trust. If they tell yeah. you to go do something, you're way more likely to do it than if, you know, it's just a cold Facebook ad. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, That's awesome. And like, the perfect example, right. Of how that works. What, yeah. uh, so I want to make sure, you know, people want to learn more about that book and, and that concept. I mean, you gave them Chet Holmes's book, which I think is great, but if they wanted your book, where would they go? Uh, so, uh, they can go to, um, what was, uh, <laughs> they can click the link below. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll add the link. In. That's perfect. So if you're watching or if you uh, click the link in the podcast or whatever, but in otherwise, uh, go to danaderricks.com. You can find information from Dana there and, and uh, you know, he can update some links. Yeah. The reason I, yeah. sorry to put you like, uh, put it on blast, but what happens is I share a link and then everybody it goes crazy and we run out of books. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so, that's great. Well, that's one reason yeah. two grand. What, um, what you've written other books, right? Like yeah, yeah. I, you're one of those guys that I think when you decide to do something, you do it quickly. So what are the other books you've written and like, how does that fit into like you as an entrepreneur? How is that important for you? Um, so I've written six in my day, which is weird because I'm a farmer and I look like I can't even really read or write. But um, <laughs> um, the, so for me, it's, it's, it's sort of like just a way that I want to continue and grow and serve people because yeah. the feedback I get from my books is so tremendous and humbling that like, I feel like I have more to give. And I hope like if I could inspire somebody out there to think like, th- just think about that for a second. Cause I didn't, I didn't always feel this way about my myself and my own, like what I have to offer. But if you can just start putting yourself out there and just serving people and putting their needs before yours, like, do you want to make money? Of course, but like, you're going to make way more money if you can go get other people results with whatever you do. So that was just, I guess it's just this burning desire where I transitioned my focus from just all about me and making money in my business to like, how can I go serve others and get as much value into their hands as possible? Yeah. There's, I've heard some different theories on why that concept works. One, I think just being a cool person means cool things happen. Right. And then there's, there's some more like philosophical things where you create a uh, reciprocity, like a reciprocity vacuum and all these kind of things. But, and I, you know, whatever the actual reason is, I think it's also just a good way to do it. If you're out there looking to how you can add value before you try to extract value, I think people, you're just going to feel better, right? (laughs) Let alone things working better. What, um, yeah. So you've written all these books, you've got, uh, you know, according to the, the image behind you, you got the Derek's group, right? You got some big stuff. What's, what big things are happening for you in 2018? Wow. Um, so I'm going all in on the dream 100. I'm like, so, so I got two things going on. Um, I'm going to shout from the rooftops, the dream 100 to everybody I can, because everybody needs to check this out and they need to do it. Cause this is like, I, for some reason, like when people think traffic, they think Facebook ads or they think like paid ads. Like, it's like, no, 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 no. Dream 100, like dream 100 first. Okay. Right. We'll get free customers instead. Like it, uh, it's just so much easier. So I'm like, I'll be speaking at Funnel Hacking Live here in a couple of weeks um, to spread that message. Um, so I got that going on. And then I got another thing going on where um, apparently after writing six books and selling them for hundreds, if not thousands per copy, 
I had many people tell me, Dana, you need to help other people do the same. And then I started doing research and realized that the publishing industry is like book wise is all messed up. <laughs> There's way too many books being published, yep. way not enough people reading them. And it's just saturated and authors are getting like just eaten up and spit out. So um, I've got another book and that it's called High Ticket Book Secrets, which basically shows people how to um, publish their books for what they're worth and um, bypass all the middlemen. So that's another thing I'm passionate about is I want to help a bunch of authors um, take the power back into their hands and um, do books the right way. So cool. those two things, 2018. <laughs> that's good. And I think two is good. I think a lot of uh, some people I know myself included end up being like 10 things. So two is good, right? And it's hard for some of us to get down to one, but two is two is money. That's a good spot. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. What, uh, what are some like, we've talked about all these awesome highlights, right? But like, what are some of the dark times? Like, what are some of the challenges you've had to face in this journey of yours? Um, well, I mean, it, that I love that question. So what people don't see, so people see like my successes, what they don't see is my six years of like struggling, like not knowing if I'm going to be able to pay my rent and then like having a success and then getting hit in the, in the gut, right? Like even, yeah. even like my webinar, like I'll be full disclosure, like that third webinar I did six figures on. And then my merchant, I broke my merchant account. Right. So my, mer I had a nightmare where yeah. my merchant wouldn't process all the sales. So I had to go and I had to, they, they refunded a bunch of people. And like, it was just like, so I guess my, like, Even I guess it can hurt sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. So what happens, I tell people like, I could, I could tell you a billion horror stories, but like, just know this, like, as you continue to progress and, um, uh, just get to where you want to be, problems aren't going to go away. They just change. Right. right. They become different and sometimes good. Like I could argue that's a good problem. I made too much money in my merch and got mad. Right. Yeah. But, and that, and that I think does come down to the choice that you make on how you perceive your challenges or your obstacles, right? Really. The obstacle is the way or the, all those kind of things. Right. And I think that's what really defines an entrepreneur as someone who's just out there trying it is they, they're willing to see each oper each challenge as an opportunity to get better or to improve. Um, the merchant account thing is somewhat something that every entrepreneur has dealt with at least once. And if they haven't, it's on its way. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I just had it like last month I had a merchant account shut down for one because of a MasterCard change industry wide, a ton of accounts got closed. And so they're holding like five figures of my money just in an account somewhere. And I'm like, I would love to have that. And, yeah. uh, and you know, I'll get it in six months, <laughs> Yeah, but Good it's luck. how it goes. You know? <laughs> how am I supposed to pay my bills? I don't know. Not my problem. Right. Yeah. They don't care. And right. I get it. And so, but the first time that happened, like learning that was brutal. Now you just yes. know it's part of the game and mm -hmm. you come up with alternatives. So I wanted to ask you about, uh, let's see, I got something here. Uh, you got GoatCon 2018 coming <laughs> up, right? So <laughs> isn't this your next big, I thought this was your next big event. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. It's not. <laughs> I think I might have to now. <laughs> Do you want so, to speak at it? <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, I'll come out and speak. You, you have to hold the goat though. Absolutely. The okay. I, I want one of those ones though that if you like you scare them, they just stiffen up and fall over. I want all the fainting goat. goats. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, but uh so to me, all of this stuff, all of entrepreneurship and uh you know, marketing and everything is about building the life that you want as opposed to just reacting and receiving what's what's necessarily just thrown at you. 
what, uh, what's one major thing like on your bucket list, maybe not business related that you want to do this year just because life is worth living? Man, that's so cool. Um, Oh, I, I want to, this isn't like too, too crazy exciting, I guess. That's okay. (laughs) It's, um, it's something like that. So I have, I have a kid, my first kid on the way, um, coming in July. Yeah. Hopefully a mini, little mini farmer that'll help me, help me with chores. Right. And I think, so what I would be proud of this year is if I could create like an environment for him, him or her, um, him right, I see. <laughs> to to um thrive in okay so that means like it, my business crazy world i live in that's one thing but i need to be able to like shut that off and then be able to go be an awesome like dad too yeah. you know so that would be my thing for this year i'm always a little bit jealous of people that get like a decade of entrepreneurship under their belt before they're starting their family i mean my i started my family really young And, uh, and so like, I'm, I joke that I'm like Russell Brunson's JV version because like we wrestled at the same time, but I was at a junior college and he was at the big school and like, but we're the same age and he just does everything 10 levels up. (laughs) But, uh, you know, like, you know, my, I've got four kids and to try to balance that is hard. And so, you know, if, if there is some advice I could give you, it's that ignore the concept of work-life balance, right? It's about mix find ways to just integrate your life on both sides. And I think that's what you'll do to find that the best way to make it thrive is just the parts you don't want to mix is the stress, right? Don't bring home the stress, but bring home the involve, involve your family and everything. And I think that that's probably what you were going to do already, but uh, it's, it can be awesome. And I mean, kids are great, man. So congrats on that. I'm sure there's gonna be a dozen more behind it. And so, thank uh, you. (laughs) Well, now I know who to, whose brain to pick. (laughs) There's uh there's a bunch of, you know, there's a lot of dads as, as entrepreneurs and to, and it's all of us just figuring it out and being like, Hey, that sucked. Just like every other part of business, right? Yeah. What worked, what didn't share at all. We need a dream 100 concept for like parenting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, I need to call What nanny do I call now to help? A really good Rolodex, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, kind of a side note that is, is true though, is like we're, we ask for advice in so many parts of our life. But then there's other parts of, it, of our life that we sometimes get closed off. And I think that's interesting. Like, we don't ask our friends that if they're really good at something, like, let's ask them, like, hey, how did you do that? What it may come natural to you. Yeah. Let me help me understand. It. And that can be in any part of life. So um, as we get here, kind of close to the end of the show and wrapping things up, I know you're going to be speaking at Funnel Hacking Live. Um, a bunch of my listeners will be there. I'll be there. So I'll look forward to seeing you. Yeah. What uh, people can go to Dana Derricks. I'll have links in, in everywhere that this gets posted. But What's, uh, if you, you know, you're shouting on the rooftops, uh, you've got that one message that people want to connect with Dana Derricks shout. So, um, if there's one bit of it, like one nugget I could give you guys right now to take home and help you with your business, it would be to figure out who, so pinpoint who is in your existing network that you could have them help you to topple over the biggest domino possible. So I'm not saying that you have to say, hey, can you do this for me? But I'm saying for me, it was, okay, Facebook ads didn't work. What's the biggest domino I need? I need to sell, be able to sell my product, um, my, my book. All right, so I was like, okay, who in my network can help me sell this book? I'm like, oh, ding, 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 this guy. 
right? So it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean, it doesn't even have to be sales related. I don't care. It could be building a team. It could be whatever you're at. You can find one person right now that's already in your network that can help you topple that giant domino that, I mean, that'll, that'll be huge. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming out, Dana. For you out there listening in the podcast and uh, in radio world, we appreciate you. And now it's your turn. Go out and do something. Thank you for tuning in to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with myself, your host, Tyler Jorgensen. And I wanted to offer you a special gift. So if you go to bizninja.com slash dreamline, I'm going to give you a calculator that will allow you to calculate what your ideal target daily income is in order to live the life that you dream of. See, to me, life and business is all here just so that we can create the lifestyle that we want. So if you're not doing that, probably because you don't know the exact things that you need to put in place to make it happen. It all starts with beginning with the end in mind. To create your dream line and put your dreams on a timeline at bizninja.com slash dreamline. Thank you for listening to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with Tyler Jorgensen. Please make sure to subscribe so you're first to hear new interviews and episodes. If you found this podcast to be valuable, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to visit our online dojo at bizninja.com to claim your reward for listening to the show.